Forever young old adult. All right, next up, Royals by Rachel Hawkins. Welcome to the July 2019 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. Uh, I'm Annie, and in this book, I think I'm no boys on shift, Mrs. Yes. Miller. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I loved that. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, this book um, is pretty funny. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm Brit, and I will be Big Bird's Sacrifice. <laughs> AKA that hat. That hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, this is book plate and we always break up the book like a meal so that we can more easily digest it. And we start off with our amuse bouche. Uh, Daisy's sister Ellie is living the dream. She's an American girl in a royal wedding world. <laughs> when the, oh God, what was I thinking when I wrote this? When the papa paparazzi <laughs> show up and sabotage. Were you like channeling your inner lady Gaga? <laughs> <laughs> sabotage ellie's summer she's dragged to scotland for tabloid time out unfortunately when El- uh tabloid well time i know I'm, i oh, love it sorry no, <laughs> it totally goes with the tone of this book yeah. <laughs> keep doing it um unfortunately while ellie might not be news the royal wreckers the younger son subs collection of ragtag richies are <laughs> what happens next is a completely fun fantasy perfect for a summer beach read uh by rachel hawkins so yeah okay awesome for the other cover take is when we ask our significant others uh what they think the book was about just by looking at the cover i sent jamile a text with the picture of the library book and he said haha everything lord was referencing in their song of the same title (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah so garrett was a little off on some plot points but he it's just he pays attention to like the little details so sh- he said, girl meets dude. He's charming as hell. Um, maybe they have a dysfunctional relationship because in the title Royals, the S is crooked. Mm. So like that's what he was saying. Like maybe that means it's like not all perfect or maybe he's not an actual prince, but he and his family are wealthy in some fashion. And she marries into it because I didn't even notice this on the cover, but the pattern in the background is mostly crowns. But then there's a couple of whatever sections where it's champagne glasses so he was Mm. like oh champagne glasses wedding oh my god i know (laughs) yeah he said maybe she marries into this like dysfunctional family and discovers there's some fucked up shit going on and is thinking what did i get myself into so yeah (laughs) i mean similar for sure yeah wow (laughs) the cover i i don't know i liked the cover it's not like i'm yeah there's only the word royals Mm -hmm. and there's no people or things Mm-mm. or anything it's just like a pattern and then the, the tagline is he may he may not be, be a prince, prince but he is sure, sure is charming. charming yeah yeah <laughs> also called prince charming or the yeah. charming prince sorry also called the charming oh prince, okay right i don't i don't uh, remember question mm. for the book world why would you give a book two different titles same with like tale of berlin on fortune's wheel i don't i don't know I feel like that makes it more difficult for to find. To find. Yeah. For On Fortune's Wheel, maybe it's like because they redid the covers like several years later. So yeah. maybe it's like new title for the new cover design. I don't know. For the Cynthia Voigt ones, I definitely thought it was a rebranding. Yeah. It was like these books didn't tell you that they were about these people. Like you don't know that there's a main character, mm-hmm. right? And the rebranding is like this is this person's story. Right, yeah. So more like, oh yeah, you want a story about an interesting person or whatever? I don't know. Yeah. The only ca- thing I can think of is like a British version versus American version have different titles, but why? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know we spell words differently, but... Yeah, but that's like a whole different... <laughs> we're not spelling words as other words, like... Except for eggplant. What? Don't they call eggplant like aubergine? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Aubergine. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the French word. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, if you know, (laughs) listeners, tell us. We're curious. Okay. (laughs) So I had to ask Britt to help me find food because they really don't eat that much. They they drink a lot of stuff. They drink a lot. (laughs) 
But okay, so our for our appetizer we have breakfast mushrooms and sad slices of cheese and plastic. <laughs> Because she compla- she at one point complains about having mushrooms for breakfast, which is a traditionally British breakfast yeah. thing, is mushrooms. And for folks from the U.S., that can seem a little bit odd. Yeah. And then the sad slices of cheese and plastic was like her being sarcastic about what like their interpretation of American food was. Like uh, like the, when they were, she went like uh, shooting or oh, whatever. Yeah. The, I don't know what what is it skeet or whatever yeah and she was like jumping every time there was a gunshot and she's like oh wow I'm not used to gunshots going off right by my head and Miles is like but you're American <laughs> like I was just like damn uh, there's a lot of like funny funny haha yeah. jokes yeah. slash insults in this but I, I think he was being serious like it mm. didn't even seem like he was being facetious like when I read it mm. <laughs> Like, he seemed genuinely confused. I mean, we do have way too many guns in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Although people tend to hoard them. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Different <laughs> subjects. Okay, so for the topics, we have regular girl gets royal. Yeah. And parents who are alive and supporting, which actually I think is a really, I, I like <laughs> that. But we can talk about the regular girl gets royal. So the background here is that there is a Scottish royal family, which does not exist, right? Scotland doesn't have its own royal family. They aren't a separate nation from the United Kingdom, although with the Brexit stuff, who knows? But this royal family is a fake royal family. They don't actually exist. And the girl, Daisy, her sister, is going to marry into the royal family. And so, I don't know. what do you, We now have two examples, I guess, of regular girl gets royal right and like the most recent american princess like i didn't even know that was a fantasy for people yeah i mean you know growing up on disney movies you like hope you're gonna get whisked away by your prince charming like cinderella she's a regular girl that's true who ends up with a prince and you know Belle and i don't know oh i guess okay but i always thought of those as like like not real life not real life yeah 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 i think um did you read the royal we yeah, I did. Did you like it? I did not like that one. Okay. I, I liked, liked this way better. Yeah. But I think it's, I think what sets this one apart is that it's told from the perspective of the sister, of the mm. younger sister. So it's not her story. It's her getting like dragged along for the ride for her older sister story. I was like, that's, that was an interesting choice. And I think I like that better than if it would have been sort of a more typical, yeah, you know, commoner meets <laughs> royal boy falls in love thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it like from an outsider's sort of an outsider's perspective yeah no i was gonna say it's the outsider perspective yeah which helped me be like okay this is cute yeah versus like i don't the the royal we i got so tired of her <laughs> i did not like her yeah i enjoyed the book it was just it was fun and it was like you know brain candy or whatever but i think it being told from the sister's perspective like helps the plausibility because that's more relatable that you know, I don't know, your older sibling does something and suddenly you're thrust into the spotlight when you don't have anything to do with it. Not necessarily marrying a prince, but just sort of, I don't know, being related to somebody who gets famous. And mm. then all of a sudden, like, you're in the spotlight and on the tabloids versus, like, you being the one who gets famous. It just seems more like, yeah, I could picture myself in her shoes and mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, she's funny. Like, Hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, I love her sarcasm. <laughs> I mean, the her parents are British and yes. live in Florida. Yeah, which I I mean, I was like, is this why are are we supposed to think that that has something to do with them marrying into the family? I don't know. Just about the wealth, I think that, and then why the older daughter went to college overseas. Maybe it's like more plausible i guess i don't know i don't i I was like i don't know if we needed that part but it was a cute part of the story dad's backstory though is like oh my god (laughs) that was hilarious like him being like sort of a washed up rock star like who's like yeah i've seen shit in my day (laughs) like (laughs) i liked him i liked the dad a lot yeah but yeah i mean so often in YA, you know we have like a dead parent or parents who are shitty parents and shitty people which is understandable because like a lot of kids go through that and like need to relate to that but it's just refreshing every once in a while to have a set of like 
quote unquote normal. I mean, not normal because they're weird, but yeah. like just regular, regular, regular parents who are not terrible people who like love and support their children. Yeah. And who still force you into choices that you don't want to make. Right. Like she didn't want to go. Yeah. Right. And they're like, we're doing this for your for your own good. So even yeah. though they are loving parents, you can still get the frustration of like, no, don't make me. You oh, know? Well, that's another topic I forgot to tell you that I jotted down is like being overshadowed by a sibling or like sibling mm. hierarchy. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to chat about that. Yeah. We could, let's talk about it now. Oh, OK. I mean, <laughs> I think that's that's really real. I actually thought that was. Yeah, that was actually very tangible for me about her feelings that she's not being listened to and the older sibling is just like judging her and thinking it's the same as always and they've like perpetuated this kind of like frustration or whatever yeah. of like not getting along. Yeah, and at some point she is like saying, well, we had to do this because Ellie wanted to do it and Ellie, like the stuff that Ellie wants to do is like more important than the stuff I want to do, right? And like, I was really bummed out that she even had to go. I was like, she should get to go to this key con or whatever with her best friend. And like, you know, it's messed up that her whole summer is ruined because of her sister, like getting married, which like doesn't have anything to do with her. And she has to yeah, and get, you have to get dragged along. Yeah. Like, I remember when my sister's younger than me, but I remember when, we had to go to all of her sport games and she was playing on these like traveling teams. Mm. So we, every weekend I'd have to like get in the car for two hours and go out and watch someone else play sports. And I just Even like, if you wanted to hang out with your friends or just chill or do what you want to do book, mainly yeah. or just like not talk to people, you know, very legit. I remember there was one game where like it was, it was soccer and it was pouring rain and there wasn't like a place for us to sit outside not being in the Trenched, rain yeah and so i was just like did they still play yeah they still played they finished the game and i was just like so miserable mm. but i had to beg them to let me go sit in the car yeah you know and then you're just like in the fucking car yeah you know so that frustration is super real yeah i was thinking especially if like one sibling is in some kind of competitive like team or whatever where it's like it it might look i don't know it might look like the parent is like prioritizing prioritizing that child yeah it's a hard it sucks <laughs> that's a hard choice for anyone like yeah especially if you are like ellie recognizes that she doesn't have something as like bright or cool or like important as daisy yeah. it doesn't or make no, her opposite. shit like yeah yeah Just, <laughs> daisy. daisy ellie, ellie. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't make her the stuff she wants to do less valid but it feels right. like it Right. It totally feels like it. Yeah. But yeah, that is, it's not less valid. Like you should still be able to be your own person and make your own choices and like have your own autonomy without your sibling overshadowing you. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that's a solvable problem. Right. You kind of just have to come to terms with it. Which, yeah. Which she did. You know, she's like, okay, I get it. It still sucks, but I get it. Mm hmm. And Ellie apologizes to her eventually. Yeah. Which I, I really love that moment when they're sitting on the top of the hill. That was oh. a cute scene. <laughs> yeah. And totally randomly, there is a volcano in Edinburgh, like <laughs> a dead one. And someone brought that up yesterday at, when I was uh, hanging out with people. I was like, why? Why do I know? And then I was like, why do I know this? Oh, I just read that book. <laughs> I'm sure that I probably could just Google this. But at one point they said like the unicorn is Scotland's national animal. And I was like, is that true? It's on their crest. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's on their crest. So when Scotland joined England and the crests were merged, there's like a unicorn and a camera, probably a lion or something. But oh. yeah. No, that's totally true. <laughs> All right. The main course we have are no thank you blood sausage slash black pudding, <laughs> which is the same thing. It's it's food made from blood mm. um, and Yum. American grub. <laughs> Peanut butter, Captain Crunch, <laughs> goldfish crackers, and two bottles of ranch dressing. <laughs> Which is what Miles, like, purchases when he shows up at her store in the end. <laughs> okay, so my topics are an actual bevy of boys mm -hmm. where, you know, there's a whole entire scene where we meet all of them and she lists them out and what they look like and all this stuff. And it's kind of a, like, it's like a parade of princesses with their <laughs> boys. It's like, which one will it be? Yeah. You know? <laughs> But I thought there was a pretty decent romance between her and Miles. Yeah. I guess that leads into the whole like fake relationship becoming a real one. Is that a trope? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, Jenny really likes that trope. The whole like 
pretend to be married because we have to or like turning into actual turning into actual love yeah that's like a I think that's a total like romance novel trope one of the one of the romance novels I read as a kid the reasons for marriage which I still love (laughs) is totally that where she's kind of forced into marriage and she thinks she hates him but in the end they're in love with each other Hmm. that's interesting because at one point in the book I don't know it's it's revealed that like Alex is the first prince to marry for love Mm -hmm. as opposed to it being arranged or something and Daisy is like who has a who what kind of who has arranged marriages and I was just like a shit ton of cultures have arranged marriages but like I didn't think about it until just now but doesn't that kind of mirror her situation with Miles it's not a marriage but it's arranged yeah and it grew into something real I'm like huh interesting yeah I mean some people prefer to have an arranged marriage because then they don't have to go through the work of finding themselves a partner you know yeah for those of us who have dated online, it's not fun or easy to do that. Yeah. I mean, it might be easier to let your family pick somebody. One of my best friends, like, I don't know if, like, she's for real about this or if, you know, she's just putting her walls up. But she's always said that she wants a marriage of convenience. Like, she just wants to find somebody who she gets along with and they'll be married, like, you know, for the security, but, like, not for love. Like, she does not want to marry for love. She's like, it's too messy. It's too complicated. So Interesting. Yeah. Does she still want relationships outside of the marriage? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think marriage is so weird in this concept of monogamy. I'm not monogamous. So, like, this whole, like, one person has to fulfill all of your needs and all of the things and, like, be the person that you stake everything on, I think is pretty unrealistic as humans go so and I think people who uphold monogamy tend to be the ones who like most desecrate it Mm -hmm. there's all these people don't actually do monogamy Mm -hmm. like it's hard for them not everybody but like there's absolutely a lot of folks whose relationships end because they can't talk about the fact that they want someone outside of their relationship yeah I think it's interesting that you said like a lot of people put stake on like this one person having to be like everything because a lot of people seeking things outside of their relationship is like emotional support like not even necessarily like I've been watching reruns of girlfriends (laughs) and what's her name Maya has like it's not an affair affair because like she never does anything physical with the guy but like she meets this guy at work and like they become really close and she leans on him for like support and is talking about like she wants to go back to college and her husband doesn't want her to and like she's confiding in him about that stuff and like her friends are like you're cheating on your husband like you're having an affair and she's like no I'm not and they're like then why doesn't he know about him Mm. like you know she's still like keeping it a secret so yeah yeah and I mean to be real at work we spend so much time at work you know like you kind of need someone there to help you with some emotional support maybe that's where the whole work husband work wife thing came yeah (laughs) you need someone there to have your back or else it's like a much more difficult thing yeah i have a work mom (laughs) do you really yeah i could just she's like about my mom's age a little older than my mom but she's just like i love her she was like my mentor teacher and so i wouldn't call her like work wife because it's weird but yeah i'm like she's definitely like my work mom or work auntie she's like the one who reminds me to eat lunch when i'm like busy making copies and like working through lunch she'll stop by my classroom and be like please eat something (laughs) that's amazing yeah total lifesaver oh my god we have mostly women at my work so like even people when they joke about their work wives it's like women and women yeah even though they're not like outside of work they probably have a husband or something yeah yeah. like at work yeah you have a work wife (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah jamal has a work wife they're actually it's her birthday today and they are having like he's there for her birthday and I wasn't invited <laughs> which is fine I mean yeah they're really cute together actually I like her a lot so <laughs> oh I read an article once about this this woman wrote about like you know everybody says like oh my husband is my best friend and she's like mine is not and like I read it and I was like, I mean, she has some really good points. Like, you know, like you said, needing different people for different things. She's like, no, my husband is who I go to for like the cuddles and the love and the sex. And she's like, but he's not my best friend. Like I have friends <laughs> for that, um, which is really interesting 
to me because I'm demisexual. And so like I need to be friends with someone first before like any kind of sexual or romantic attraction even like develops. So like it sounds cheesy to say, but like my husband really is my best friend. But like I get it. I get that whole it doesn't have to be yeah. for everybody. It doesn't have to be. And like I was saying earlier, like I kind of got in a fight with some people last night, including Jamal. And it wasn't even a fight. Like I was frustrated, but I think I just like wasn't expressing myself as well as I wanted to. But, you know, at one point he was like, we don't have to agree. And I'm like, I don't think we have to agree either. And then I hadn't recognized what I needed him to say. But then he did. He himself recognized it and was like, oh, I hear what you're saying but I don't agree it was more of just like validation that he understood at least what I was trying to get at right even if he didn't agree with my point he still understood that that was how I felt yeah which is I mean especially in like toxic relationships nobody cares it's like (laughs) I don't care what you feel like um that's not what we're here to talk about or feelings what are those (laughs) (laughs) maybe they're secretly fairies fairies don't have feelings (laughs) That's true. At least in the Holly Black's world. But like also the fake relationship becoming real ones or just other ways we play that out in this world. I have two friends who are now married who before they got married went on a trip through South America and she wore a wedding ring during that trip specifically. To keep people from harassing her? Yes. Yep. I have, I have friends who do that too. So <laughs> sometimes it's a matter of safety. Yeah yeah like gary and i um we just celebrated our four-year wedding anniversary Aww, congratulations <laughs> thanks and we were just talking about we were talking about divorce <laughs> but not like i don't know just sort of like revisiting the conversation of like what what would cause us to like come to that line like to for it to be like a serious enough offense where like that would be even be on the table mm. and we were just talking about different things and and then we were talking about, like, what do you think constitutes cheating or whatever, like, kissing, any kind of sexual activity, like, leaning on somebody for emotional support and not going to your spouse instead. And then I was like, what about flirting? And he's like, it depends on the situation. And I said, like, I'm going to lay it out there. I have flirted with guys before because I thought that that would be safer for me at the time than rejecting them. Mm. Like, because as women, you know, there's a split second decision that you have to make of, like, how you're going to react when you get unwanted advances and how he's going to react. Mm-hmm. So like. If I can't like get away safely. Or if I feel like this could get violent. If I say no. Sometimes I'll play along a little bit. Because I'm like I think that'll keep me safer. In this moment. And he's like that's totally fine. Obviously like that's not cheating. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I mean. Safety. Absolutely. <sighs> Ugh, I hate that. Which kind of leads into. Sebastian's first. Oh, yeah. Interaction with Daisy. What the fuck where he just came into her room and was like all right we're boning and she's like excuse me (laughs) like and then but it said something in the book about her like not wanting to hurt his feelings or something yeah and I was just like why are we so conditioned to prioritize men's feelings over our actual safety like I mean I know why because we have to but like it's so fucking frustrating yeah and and they played up how attractive he was too so like part of it is kind of like freeze deer in the headlights of the like super attractive person who's got this like bigger than real life he's a prince yeah you know and then when her friend came to visit like she didn't immediately warn her that he was a fucking creep <laughs> like she's like oh well i didn't want to spoil her fantasy of like the whole you know what she thinks of him as like the scottish prince and all this stuff and i'm like no spoil her fantasy because he might like try to do some shit to your friend yeah like he tried to do to you did you watch Tuca and Birdie? <gasps> I just started watching that show and I am fucking obsessed. I'm really sad they canceled it. Me too. I haven't gotten Netflix, to the last. Netflix, you're dumb. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck you, Netflix. Bring back Tuca and Birdie. <laughs> so even Jamal, who at first was like, I don't know if I like that show. Would I? Garrett's been watching it with me too. I'm he... like, he's probably not going to be into it because it's, you know. It's lady stuff. It's, it's lady stuff. <laughs> but I was watching it and he was just on the couch and then he got into it and I was like, want to watch another one? And he's like, Sure. And then I was like, so I think I'm going to finish Tuka and Birdie. And he was like, oh, I was like, do you want me to wait for you and we can watch it together? And he was like, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's yes. adorable. <laughs> it's such a good show. It's so good. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, no, no, Jamal was also just like really impressed with the animation. Like the animation and so the characters. Unique. I love the plant lady. Yes. I love that like it makes Birdie's no left sense boob. who's animals and who's not animals. Yes. <laughs> just being like, fuck it, I'm out. I was <laughs> like, that is so fucking relatable. <laughs> if you have not watched Tuka and Birdie, do yourself a favor, go on Netflix and watch it. Did you finish it? No. Okay, then I won't. But I, I know what ha- I read okay. spoilers, so I know like you know topics that they address. But and it's stuff, similar but to this, where like she knows this guy's a predator, and she doesn't warn someone else. Yeah, like that's something women do because if you speak up, yes, you're the problem. Yeah, or you're making it up. This is why women don't report. Like, there's so many ways that plays out in the world, and like yeah. even when you want someone to have your back. Then when you've been in that situation where someone doesn't have you back, then you don't trust other women. Yeah. You know? And so if they then do come forward, you're not going to trust that they're women are never believed. It's this weird. I don't know if that's like inherent trauma for this from Adam and Eve or what? Like, <laughs> you know, like women are never believed. We're just assumed to be lying and manipulating. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. I'm such an honest person and I think that's why I got in the fight last night because I'm like, these are my actual true feelings and I'm not going to pretend otherwise. <laughs> Good. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and like, this is how I actually operate in the world. And like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it. I don't care if it doesn't make sense to you. I mean, I was also talking, it was also like me and three dudes and I'm just like, I don't care if this doesn't make sense to you, but this is literally how I get up and operate every day in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, who knew like Royals had such heavy shit? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a fun like beach read. <laughs> like, <laughs> but there's some shit. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought that up because it totally does get glossed over. But like that was really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then they like even put him back in his bed. I was like, just throw him down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for dessert, we have iced mocha latte slash key lime pie. The key lime pie that they don't get to have because they didn't get to go on their bff adventure to KeyCon, which sounded really fun i know <laughs> i mean i think that's one of the things that rachel hawkins did a good job of was, is like setting up that as like something to have and then taking it away i was like no <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i think she kind of makes up for it with the, like the sexy dudes but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of really good like flirt tension scenes like there's the rain and they get stuck in the house yeah like there's the whole like they're barely touching their hands Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of really good tension tension yeah but one of the topics that Britt brought up was outing yeah so let me find this nope it's not on my kindle it's on my phone let me find the scene but it's when um daisy sees princess flora making out with tam tamson in the bathroom but then i'm gonna pull up the book so i can like be more accurate about it but miles talks to her about it not knowing that she has seen them making out and it's like did he just out her to daisy even though daisy already knew but i don't know that he know he knew that she knew no i don't think he did he just, he did kind of out her. Yeah. Which, I mean, I was also frustrated. That's really uncool. It was really uncool. Like, unless she's made it specifically clear that, like, it doesn't matter who knows, but I don't think it that's was the unclear case. about, I mean, I think she wants the world to know, but the family's covering it up. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of frustrated that that wasn't gone into more, right? Like, yeah. they're literally not, I mean, I get this is the first time a prince is marrying for love, but they're literally covering up the queerness of their daughter. Yeah. And one, the only comment is like, the world's not ready for that. And I was like, but if we keep saying that, like we're never going to get anywhere. Right. Like people who are not voting for people who would do a better job because like, Oh, the world's not, or the country's not ready for a black president or the country's not ready for a woman. It's like, this is, but we're never going to get ready. If you keep just like making assumptions and, we need visibility. Doing the safe thing or whatever, quote unquote. Yeah. And having someone at that level of visibility be out and proud would do a lot. That's actually something I mean, I don't know about the royal family in Britain or any other royal families, but that's actually something that you could do to change culture in your country. You could be out and proud and lead the way for other people to feel safe. Mm-hmm. But like forcing people into the closet and covering up their lovers only thing i can think of that makes it like somewhat digestible <laughs> is that it shows how much miles trusts 
Daisy that like she wouldn't tell anybody, but it's not his information to trust her with. You know? Yeah. And I was just thinking, I I feel I still feel terrible about this like a decade later, but when I was in high school I accidentally outed my cousin to my mom. Oh shoot. Yeah. And he I mean he thought it was funny, like, but I just I felt so terrible. My mom, like, I have a cousin who's gay, and, like, we're really close, and my mom was trying to ask me about it, and I kept, like, sort of dodging the topic, um, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, we don't really talk about that stuff, or, like, mm, whatever, it's his business, you know, whatever, and she caught me, <laughs> like, the next morning when I was, like, half awake, like, just stumbled into the kitchen for some breakfast, and she's like, oh, do you want some cereal? I'm like, yeah, sure. And she's like, oh, so Brian's gay, right? And I was like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's a trap. I know. I was just like, <gasps> and I felt so bad. I called him and I told him, I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like my mom like trapped me. And he's like, That's hilarious. Your mom is like an evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm really sorry. He's like, no, it's okay. But she totally plotted that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just out of nowhere. And she caught me like off guard, half asleep, not really knowing like that is that is a mom trick for sure. Evil genius. <laughs> I'm like filing that away for later <laughs> strategy. <laughs> when you want to know something about like your kids or their business or whatever. Like. Yeah. I mean, I think about that because uh, not in this book, but like there's other books which have have shown like parents who've not respected people's space like their children's space like gone and read kids diaries and like figured out their secrets that way or like snooped through their room or whatever and like I knew my parents trusted me enough to not snoop through my room so I had a giant bong in the closet because I knew they were gonna (laughs) look in there but like I know that's not true for everybody oh no um but I would have felt like that would have really been traumatizing if like I thought my space wasn't safe I don't I mean my mom probably went through my room I don't know if she's listening to this. She said she was going to start listening. (laughs) Hi, Mom. One time when I was in college and I was visiting, uh, and my brother was still in high school, he was out with a friend, and my mom and I went out to, like, run some errands, and she was like, oh, take a left down this street or whatever, and I was like, where are we going? And we were driving past my brother's friend's house. What? And she's like, okay, Brandon's car's there. Cool. I'm like, what? She's like, I just want to make sure he is where he said he is. Wow. And I'm like, did you do that to me? And she like quickly changed the subject. Ah! And I was like, (gasps) had you given her reason not to trust you? No, I was like such a fucking goody two shoes in high school. Like, (laughs) like I didn't go, I didn't go to parties. Like I got good grades. I liked to read. I maybe sometimes like went to the movies or like bowling or whatever with my friends. Like maybe in like, senior year when I had a girlfriend then I started being like a little rebellious like I would like tell my mom I was hanging out with friends and then go to her house and like make out (laughs) as you do that's like a rite of passage yeah but I would like I would like pick a movie I would read everything I could about the movie learn every fucking detail in case she was like how was the movie I could be like oh my favorite part was when blah 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 oh my god because I was so paranoid about like her you know not believing me but, I mean, I hadn't given her any reason to, like, not trust me up until then. Like, yeah. I was always a good kid. My mom's just... I mean, clearly that's about really your safety, right? and, Yeah. But it manifests in a different way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then when I did go out at night, I wasn't allowed to wear a short skirt. Um, if I was wearing a skirt, it had to be long or, like, below the knee. And she said, you have to wear shoes. You can run in. Oh, wow. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> My mom didn't police my clothing to that level, but she did tell me terrifying stories about <laughs> women who would like go up to unlock their car at night and get their yep. Achilles slashed. Yep. And so I absolutely was like completely paranoid. Of, like, oh my God. Walking me too. Into my car. And I get it. Like I get it as an adult. Yeah. I get it, but it, it was, it was a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and I think, and I was, I didn't, I didn't like drink. I, I didn't like, I don't want this to sound like victim blamey, but like I didn't put myself into unsafe situations. Like I didn't go to a bar and leave my drink unattended. Mm. And, and I'm not saying that like, I don't know. 
that's no, coming that, out wrong. I don't want to blame anybody for that. Like, but like I took like every precaution and still it was like, yeah, that's super real. I mean, you should wear shoes. You're going to run in. I still like every time I see people walking around in shoes that you can't get away quickly. in, I do have a like a little thought in my head about like, are you going to take them off later? Or like, are you with somebody? I don't know. That I definitely, and it's not even about a judgment call. It's literally about safety. safety. Yeah. yeah. So I, I understand like where she's coming from. Like her heart's in a good place, but it's a little much sometimes, mom. <laughs> oh my God. I can't imagine driving by the kid's house. I mean, maybe I will be that parent. Who knows? I, I guess you can't know until you are in that situation, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the way I feel about my cat, I was very surprised about my parental feelings towards my cat. Yeah. And how like it literally like churns my stomach when I'm worried about him yeah <laughs> and like I even you know tried to call my mom on some of it I was like why don't you trust me she's like I trust you I don't trust everybody else right so. yeah <laughs> but you're the person she's interacting with yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh whatever back to the book <laughs> <laughs> um, I have another little note in here yes. on security my, and my favorite character, who is Glynis. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you the know, damage control person. Yeah. She, I just like, you know, she has like a perfect style, perfect everything. She reminded me a little bit of, uh, what's her face from the Hunger Games? Effie. Oh, yeah. But like, not that dramatic. But like, very composed. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to handle this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, here's what you're going to wear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. But like, there's this whole concept, like, there's security everywhere and like, their relationship to security that would really i don't know i guess eventually you get used to it and be like that person's not there but like that person's there yeah and then not knowing their names or who they are and then there's a moment where they get the paparazzi called on them and it turns out it was the security guy mm -hmm. who'd been with them for years i was like ooh, that would make me hella paranoid yeah <laughs> like who do you trust i don't know that goes back to the other book but like it makes me, I'm already hyper aware of like everyone in my space. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm in, like when I go into a restaurant or the servers or when the people in my building who are the janitorial staff, like I make sure to make eye contact and like acknowledge their humanity every time they go by, you know, yeah. I don't know all of their names, but like even the security guards, like I want them to see that they're not just right. blending into the background and like I don't recognize their work. Right. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't think about that. I mean, th this is like a Bay Area, other streets as well situation where we have a lot of like unhoused neighbors is the mm -hmm. way someone I know talks about it, which I think is really like that takes the judgment call out yeah. of like what else you might say. Yeah. But like you have housed and unhoused neighbors. Yeah. When you walk down the street and you see your unhoused neighbors, you don't pretend that they're filth. You don't pretend that they don't exist. You acknowledge that they are people and human and like they they live here and yeah. like some many of them where i live have lived there longer than i have you know yeah that's that's a tricky line because like in some cases like i'm like okay like i kind of feel like i maybe should prioritize my safety i don't know oh, like yeah. how somebody's gonna react and like i've seen unhoused people like throw stuff at people walking oh, yeah. by and like it's really we were talking about this like there's this thing called the seattle freeze where people are like nice to you but not friendly and um <laughs> yeah it's like weird it's it's and actually when i moved away from seattle and i can't remember the first place i was living probably minnesota when i was growing up i never made eye contact with people on the street i always i thought that was rude and that it was staring mm. and so i just like kept to myself kept my eyes down and then when i moved to minnesota and then california if you don't look up people get really weird like I, i've had people especially in minnesota they were aggressively friendly like <laughs> good morning and i was just like why are you talking to me you know like i didn't realize that that was the culture yeah i was yeah. just like why are you being aggressive you know because i'd been so passive yeah I, I saw that as aggression rather than like friendliness mm -hmm. and then in the bay area like when i moved to oakland i was absolutely like concerned for my safety and i'm like who here can i trust who here is gonna mess with me and when i first moved here i there was this one guy who like basically forced me into a situation where I have to acknowledge him now mm. that's the way that I stay safe when I mm. wasn't acknowledging him he was saying all kinds of awful things to me including barking at me at one point oh my god and and granted I present as less femme now but now 
the way I stay safe and the way that guy doesn't bother me is I literally have to say hi to him every morning. And I don't say hi to anyone else because it's like before my coffee, before my mm-hmm. before my caffeine, before my breakfast. I'm really not good in the morning, but I still make sure that he sees me respond to him because otherwise, like, I don't know what yeah. he would do. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, my brother, my younger brother one time was in a situation where I don't know what it was, but he was like walking by these dudes and... He was like, there's something kind of off and kind of shady, but he just said hi and acknowledged them and like, you know, when he was walking or whatever. And then they ended up like holding up like some people at gunpoint mm. and they started to run up on him. And then they were like, oh, no, he's cool. He said hi to us earlier. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah. It's so weird. And the other person I was talking to recently about this visited L- L.A. and it was in a place where there was a lot of unhoused people and they had like said hi to someone when they were with their friend and their friend was like, what are you doing? You do not talk to these people. That is not, that is a safety concern. And she was like, well, that's not how it works here up in Oakland. Right. So then later her friend had gone back to the apartment and she recognized someone on the street and said hello. And they followed her all the way back to the apartment and she walked around three times and ended up having to call her friend on the phone and be like, can you meet me down at the door? Mm. Because I don't, I'm like not safe now. Yeah. Like it really is hard to judge. Yeah. But to take it back to like acknowledging service workers. Yeah. I still feel like I'm like, as soon as we start thinking of people as not human, that's when we lose our touch with like what's wrong and what's right in this world. And that's what allows people to put brown kids in cages. You know, it's like, you have to see those people as people worthy of the exact same thing that you have. And otherwise, you know, we become the bad guys. Yeah. I don't know. I really feel that. Uh, okay. We got really dark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's end the security thing on a light note. So yeah. my ex-girlfriend <laughs> from high school, my girlfriend from high school, the one who I would sneak away to make out with. I didn't worry about my mom tailing me because she lived like hella far away. <laughs> But she lived, like, close to my high school, and um, she lived in, like, a very, very, very fancy, rich, like, part of town, and she lived across the street from a celebrity, (laughs) and uh, she drove his kids to school, because they went to our school, Mm. and she said their security guards would tail her, because they had to, Um, and she's like, can they just drive us to school? Like, what's the point if they're going to be driving behind us anyway? Like, why can't they do it? So... Why does <laughs> it? Why? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how security works. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. He. Yeah. <laughs> he was a um, a politician, so I guess it's different from like, you know. Yeah. Then you kind of probably have to have security. Yeah. Like, but she's like, well, if they have to follow us anyway, can't they drive? Like. <laughs> Yeah. Save us all some work and some like pollution. Yeah, I don't know. It's LA though. Maybe yeah. it was about seeing who got out of the car. Maybe. So like the whole decoy car. Yeah. Like in this book, like they oh mentioned yeah. that there's decoy cars that leave from the palace at different times or castle, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot of work just to go out. Yeah. I mean, I used to think that I wanted to run for office and, and I very quickly gave that up like the You'd older be great I at get. it, but <laughs> It's a lot. But I don't want people to fucking. Yeah, no, yeah, that's legit. I don't want to have to have four cars leave <laughs> from my house so that I can like safely go somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, people like are like, I want to be famous. Like, do you? <laughs> no, I, want I wouldn't want the be money. Famous. Yeah, right. <laughs> people but are like, I want to be rich and famous. Can I be rich without the famous? Yeah. I would like people to like not know who I am or be like an author where maybe like some people might recognize you if they're like a fan or if they've seen your picture on the back of your book but most people won't know who you are yeah. if you go out in public like yes yeah that's a total fine totally fine celebrity book celebrity yeah okay so the last one here is drinks we have piping hot earl grey tea yeah. and the tea as Britt said <laughs> yes so it was uh, it was interesting in this book like she Daisy was asking Miles about something and she said, spill the tea. And he's like, spill the <laughs> tea? Like, what? And she's like, you know, I mean, like, dish. Like, tell me what happened. Tell me the gossip or whatever. Um, and then there's a part later in the book where he said, where he, I don't remember even what he's telling her, but he's like, I've got some piping hot Earl Grey. And she's like, what? He's like, am I saying it right? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Oh, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's funny, but it also just makes me think of, like, how... I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it appropriation. Like, just the, the, the integrating of, like, black slang into, like, popular culture. But it's just one of those things that, like, you know, when black people do it, it's ghetto, it's crass, it's loud, it's whatever. When white people do it, oh, that's so funny, oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you hear about the woman who thinks she invented silk bonnet? <laughs> yes. Oh. I, just, I saw her photo and I My just, God. like, busted up <laughs> laughing. First of all, they're ugly as fuck. So Second of all, they're $98. Third of all, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this isn't... <laughs> This isn't quite like that, but it just, you know, got, like, me thinking about, like, so much stuff that is just, you know, like, everybody wants to be us, but they don't want to be us. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) you know, like, black culture is cool, but you don't want all the shit that comes with it and all the oppression and whatever else. Yeah, we've been talking about this at work, the concept of cultural appropriation. Yeah. And, like, what's appreciation versus appropriation? And it comes down to who has power. Yeah. Right. Like if you're using the thing that has that comes from a community that has a history of not having power and you're divorcing it from that and you have power and you're using it for monetary means or fame or whatever. Yeah. Like when corporations on Twitter try to like be cool and they're like, it's lit, like, (laughs) you know, whatever. Like it's like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, they're monetizing something that the person who created that and the community that created that is not going to see a dime from. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. That's absolutely appropriation. Which is, yeah. So, like I said, I don't feel like it's this in this book, like just because a lot of stuff from black culture ends up being integrated into popular culture. And, but yeah, it's that line of like when it's used yeah. with harm. Yeah, and even unintentional harm. Even unintentional and harm. And here right? I don't feel like it is. I mean, at least they made a joke about it, but like that phrase comes from like right. trans community, you yeah. know, and like you don't see any of those folks in this book, you know? Like Yeah. Other than like the best friend, I think she's Latina? I don't Oh, is Isabel is? I think so. Oh. But I did not get I did not pick and that up. And I know up. it's Scotland, but like everybody's white. Everybody. <laughs> Yep. No, that was one of the things when they're describing all the boys and like all of them get this whole full body description and then we literally don't see any other like color in the book. Yeah. That's why they all wear fancy hats. (laughs) (laughs) So they can have some color. (laughs) Oh, man. Isabel. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I maybe. I mean, Florida based on her name could give you that option. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I need it to be explicit. Because, I mean, I (laughs) was raised in a majority white community. Like, I literally. I mean, me too. Yeah. But I have to, I have to, I have to explicitly in the book when I'm like whitewashing everyone, I'd be like, oh, why was I, I was doing that. I have to just acknowledge it. Like, oh, yes, I was doing that. But authors do that unintentionally too. And it doesn't make it less harmful because it's unintentional, but. Like, if a character's race is not described, they're white. Like, that's the default. Unfortunately. I just read this tweet today. This journalist who's black and gay was saying that his editor wouldn't let him cover the Pulse shooting because he might be biased because oh he's gay. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my and God. Like it just led to a discussion about, like, well, <sighs> like, then why should white people allowed to write articles on like white male shooters or whatever and it's like white men are seen as the standard of objectivity and everyone else is just subjective or can't be unbiased or whatever and that doesn't make it's not even about being unbiased at that point it's the fact that he would know more exactly about how that story is unfolding and why it's important and how that community feels that's not a bias that's experience (laughs) right yeah Oh, my God. Okay, so we talk about this at work. You know, we've been talking about cultural appropriation. We've been doing um, a lot of, like, racial equity work. And in art, especially, there's a lot of cultural appropriation Mm, historically and to this day. And so one of the things we were talking about or one of the things that we've seen in the grant making is, like, similar projects but different 
types of people. Like last year, we had two different literary projects that wanted to do work on like the situation that is producing all of the need for Im- immigrants to come across the southern border of the United States. And one of the people was like first generation Nicaraguan. Was he Nicaraguan or El Salvadorian? I can't remember. But he was like first generation born in the country, lived in the mission, had gone back and forth to visit his family and experienced it from both sides of the border. And the other person was a white woman who'd been doing journalistic work about this community for a long time, spoke Spanish, and uh, I can't remember if she had adopted Latino kids or Latinx kids or what, but it was like, she clearly knew the topic, but she's still a white woman telling someone else's story. Yeah. You know, like, even if you've been studying it for years, you're still telling someone else's story. It's not your story. Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying that we can't tell other people's stories. I'm just saying, like, you have to acknowledge that there's still a power structure and dynamic in, like, whose voice gets heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was a Rainbow Rowell book. Did you read her book? Um, Oh, what's it called? It's the short story novella about the girl who waits in line for uh, Star Star Wars. I can't remember what it's called. I did read that a while ago think that that was the first time that i remember reading a book by a white author who described the white characters as white when it wasn't like relevant because of a historical context Mm. and i was just i was so taken aback i was like she just described this guy as like white and blonde like said it not like pale not like ivory like a white dude and i was just like that it just blew my mind because i never see that Yeah, not coded language. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always just assumed. I mean, I think this was the argument we were having last night. (laughs) It's like, you have to call it out. What is your space? Is your space majority white? Do you even think about that when you walk in? Do you, like, white people don't have to. Yeah. Everybody else does. Yeah. And that's about power. And I said it last night, I'll say it again. (laughs) If you're not thinking about it and you're not actively acknowledging it or working to change it, you are, by default, upholding white supremacy. Because our na- because our com- our entire nation, our culture is built on upholding white supremacy. So unless you're actively working against it, by default you're uphold. That's what cultural hegemony is. And people, the problem is that people don't see it that way because they're like, well, I don't use the N word. I have black friends, you know, whatever. And it's like they are failing to see it as systemic and cultural. They're like, well, I as an individual, like, am not racist, so like. I don't have privilege, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, it is the, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than one person. And I'm not saying that if you're not out there, social justice worker on the front lines that you're a racist. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm saying, like, if you aren't acknowledging it or at least doing something to dismantle that structure, by default, you're upholding it. And that's, and that's, you know, it's just like by being white, I have privilege. I don't get to choose. Right. But But people don't understand that that doesn't mean that you, you know it just means like were you denied opportunities based on being white no okay that's what that means people are like well I grew up poor and I blah 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 and I had to work that's not what it means (laughs) did your did your family fight in World War II and get to take advantage of the GI Bill (laughs) that's what that means that's why you have intergenerational wealth that's why your parents got to buy their house yeah you know like was your neighborhood redlined you know (laughs) I mean it's not about just you and your story We don't live in isolation. We yeah. live in a wider fabric of community, culture, nationality, and identity. Yeah. And, like, it's not just you. Yeah. I read a really heartwarming story, actually, about the woman who sort of inadvertently kicked off the whole gender reveal party thing. Um, and, like, I just thought it was a really dope example of somebody showing that they have learned and grown since then. Um, and she, I guess like she and her husband had been like having problems conceiving. And, um, so when she got pregnant, um, she was really excited to like learn the sex of the baby or whatever. So she did the whole like bake it in a cake thing. And she's like, I had no idea it would take off and like be this trend. And it's led to like all kinds of crazy shit. Like the dude who like set a fire (laughs) on accident trying to do the whole like gender reveal, blah, blah, blah. And her daughter now is like. 10 or something her daughter is like expressing herself in non-binary ways like she likes to wear suits and so the mom is just like you know like at the time like I was just excited I was having a baby I wanted to get to know it as much as I could 
And she's like, but it's actually kind of icky because like we're putting limitations on like how our kids can express themselves or how comfortable they're going to feel expressing themselves. And it's become this like really genderized thing. And she's like, you know, I'm glad that it's like brought joy to a lot of people, but also you have to think about like, you know, the harm that it does to the LGBTQ community. And I was just like, yes, like this is somebody like owning like their not mis- I wouldn't even say mistakes, but just learning now that they know more, they're doing better. Right. I'm like, yeah, J.K. Rowling, who's like, Dumbledore was gay all along. Oh, Hermione could be black. It's like, just acknowledge that that's where you were then and you've learned since then and this is where you are now. Yeah. Don't like retroactively go and try and pretend that you like nobody buys that shit. Like that's not doing the work. That's putting on a performance. It's super fake is yeah. what that is. And it's really disingenuous and it makes you look like an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might be so famous you don't care, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that's appropriation. It's yeah. about like not doing any of the work to actually present those characters in a way that would be read as such. And then going back and being like, oh, but my work is so great. It could be this. It's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I just, I really appreciated that because I, I was expecting it to take that turn. And honestly, if her own daughter was more like traditionally feminine, maybe it wouldn't have occurred to mm. her. But whatever it is that made her see it, like, I'm glad that she sees it now and was like, yeah, that's actually like not cool, <laughs> the whole gender thing, because we're just putting our kids in these boxes and like not giving them a chance to be themselves. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's actually really heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> I totally was at a friend's house the other day and they have a kid who's almost two and when she came out in her pajamas it was white ariel and i was like barry you know ariel's black and like both the parents turned and looked at me and i was just like (laughs) nobody said anything (laughs) and then they all sang part of your world together (laughs) i mean i think they know i was being a little cheeky like i don't think they were offended but like the world's changing yeah yeah the only other thing I have on here is the art of the insult, which we, oh. <laughs> which uh, definitely happens throughout the book. Do you want to? I just I love her sarcasm and her sense of humor, and like when that woman, the cousin or the auntie or whoever, like came up to her at that horse event. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. The race or whatever. Was it a race? Wasn't it? What the I don't know. I can't remember. But she comes after her and she's like, oh, like another um, American come here to like tarnish the royal family, blah, blah, blah. And like Daisy was just like, I admire the sacrifice that Big Bird made for your hat or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. And of course, like they were the family was all mad at her because it was in the tabloids. And I'm like, that that's worth it. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> I mean, it was so good. Yeah. And it's because she'd insulted her sister, too. I was like, right. If, yeah. If you insult my sister. Y- like I'm yeah, not gonna I'm the only one back. who can do that exactly exactly <laughs> 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 and then there was another there's a lot of like really just like funny sarcastic lines but there was another there w- oh when Miles like first when she first meets Miles and he gets the wrong idea about her thinking like she was the one who tried to seduce Sebastian or whatever I gotta find the quote but she's the way that she said it was so funny like she took the what he thought of her and kind of like was subversive and like turned it on mm-hmm. its head and was like oh i just can't wait to dig my man stealing claws <laughs> into it or whatever <laughs> something like that and i was just like yeah <laughs> yeah i was into it i mean i know it's an adult writing for like a 17 year old but i was like i don't know kids are i would love a 17 year old to be that whip smart you know yeah and they they couch it is like she learned it from her dad who also has right. some really good ones yeah yeah it was really it was a really cute book i actually went in wanting to dislike it and <laughs> really liked it so good job <laughs> <laughs> i'm a convert i'll probably read the second one which clearly is gonna i'm hoping be set at the wedding that's what i was thinking i was like please <laughs> tell me that there's a sequel and it's like takes place in december whatever around yeah. the actual wedding like i would definitely want to keep reading no i i there is one there is a sequel and i'm hoping that that's the scene because i cannot wait for whatever fiasco shenanigans will happen yeah uh, like there was one line when she said, she said, that was a joke. I tell him we colonists do that sometimes. <laughs> and then I found the here. Aren't you afraid you're just giving me hints? I ask him then wiggle my fingers. Might spend all night cutting special confetti to lure Seb into my womanly clutches. 
Yeah, the confetti oh, so people could yeah. find their way to each other's rooms or whatever. That was funny. I wonder if that's real. I'm gonna have to look it up. That and then the like leaving things out for people to take. Like I was like, what? That's so wild. I mean, I I'm pretty sure that's true. But yeah, it is. Like you don't want them to take the thing that's really valuable to yeah. you, so you just <laughs> leave out other stuff. Yeah. Loyalty is crazy. <laughs> that's uh, that's all for this month. Until next time. Book appetit. We aren't caught up in your love affair And we'll never be